Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard. Comes out to Essien! Oh my goodness. It's a counter-attack. Here's Didier Drogba. And now Kedir in the middle. Drogba goes! Chelsea 2, Arsenal 1, and Didier Drogba has it! Drogba in the centre! Matoy just came from the ground and went through that bad ball that madness. Money that we got, we get to get to get to get to get to Possibly bleak as this. Drogba! Hello, everybody, and welcome back. We were away for a week. We are due a holiday. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the way that they're bringing players out to do this UEFA Nations League. That's how I felt out. That's how I felt when there was another pod, and I was thinking, listen, we need a little bit of a rest. So um, we are back this week. We are doing a series, and essentially, I've got, I'm here with Babs. What are you saying, Babs? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. So I don't know if you managed to listen to the one we did with Joe. Of course. Yes. So you know what's coming. Of course. Yeah. So essentially, we're gonna not, we're not just gonna get into what you think the best eleven that we can put together for next season is. We're also gonna get into your thoughts on your philosophy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Because the way that I see it, and this is what pisses me off about like football fandom today is like people think there's only one way to kind of win and it was like no we just have to do this this is the only way to win but when it comes down to it, I think that the week there's many different teams that we can put together that can win the league and uh, usually do you know what you see usually on Twitter anyway when you put a team up people think it's funny to respond saying oh they're going to finish sixth or finish eighth or whatever and everybody wants to shit on everybody's team so I'm playing the role of the, the person that's going to shit on your team but I'm not going to do it and just be like dismissive. I'm just going to give you a, a chance to explain. You know what? I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got a change. I've got a change. I'm going to send it to you. Oh, so you're making a, a lot of change. <laughs> you're under pressure already. Yeah, no, nah, I just thought, yeah, you know, this, this team is a bit, is a bit too realistic. You know, I got at least, you know, have a bit yeah, of fun. Yeah. So we want realism. It's got to be, it's got to be realistic, but not too realistic because the thing is, the listeners going to be listening to this. They're going to be judging you. 
because people take this seriously you know? people with football opinions they judge you and like you don't know shit so they're going to be judging you so make all the changes you need to now but before we get into the actual team that you you're you're suggesting and we're just going to talk about the the main 11 for you a main 11 because I, looking at last season I know Tuchel was saying that, oh, against Man United, we thought Ziyech should play because he can do crossing, et cetera, et cetera. But really and truly, I like when a team is able to be a team of all seasons. So it's not necessarily, oh, against this team, we need Werner because they're in behind. But against this team, Werner shouldn't play because they sit back. Really and truly, I think the winning teams are the teams where you can have a main main 11 that can passed a lot of tests against different oppositions. So I'm hoping that's the type of 11 you're going to put to me. I put I put Joe under duress. Joe made the change during the pod last time around Mount, which was funny. But um, Babs, you ready, yeah? I'm ready, I'm ready. Okay, send it so I've got it. Cool. I've sent it. Cool. So be- before we get into the actual people in it, um, what about the current team just really irks you? Like, really isn't Babs-style football? It's, it's too much, man. I could, I could be here all day, really and truly. Um, but I'll start at the top, the, the attackers. You know, I just don't think there's enough creativity. This is an issue we spoke about last season. You know, we, we remember the pods at the end of... No, not this last season, but the season before that. You remember the pods where I was complaining that, look, we don't have enough creativity. That's the issue, not the striker. And it seems it seemed to have really its ugly head. And I think that's one of the main things for me. Um, the second thing is I don't think we have enough dynamism out wide. So we don't really have any players that can like offer like different different alternatives to play in, in that position. Like you have um like a Cho who can play there. He can play like on the either side or he can play on the inside. And you have Mount who, who's trying his best to do that. But other than that, you know, you know what you're gonna get from ZH, you know, just to cross the the you know the cut in, cross it in, and then Pulisic just wants to get in behind. And neither of them are, are particularly good enough at that for it to be like acceptable as wing inside. I, I don't really like that. The midfield. I've never really liked the midfield. I won't lie. I haven't really liked it for, for, for a while. I don't, I don't think it's, it's, it's sturdy enough. I feel like we, we, we lack physicality at times. And not just that, but these guys are breaking apart. Like, I think I feel like Kante should have had his understudy two seasons ago, let alone last season. Mm-hmm. I feel like Kovacic is a good player. And he's getting a lot better now, which is good to see. And Jorginho, I think he's all right. I think he's all right. I think he's underrated, even though I don't really think he's as, as good as a lot of people think. But... I'm I'm ready to move on from him. And then the defence, you know, as much as I love Thiago Silva, I was saying it to these guys, like, look, man, this this guy, last he wasn't as good as everybody thought last season, man. He had a lot of shaky moments. And mm-hmm. I don't know, if, if if that was a youth player that was doing some of the stuff he was doing, mm-hmm. people would have been doing their, their agendas already. So I, I know he's a nice guy and we all love him, but... What? He's another player that's, I don't know, I'm not really feeling it, man, at the moment. This is your world, man. So I'm going to let you hang. Do you know what they said? Give you enough rope. So keep on talking. Mm-hmm. You don't like Thiago. And what else? Um, Mendy. Mendy, that's another one. Mendy has been shocking for like the second half of the season. And he's looking, a, he's been looking a bit funny under the lights. Like he's done well for us. So I've got a lot of like, I've got a lot of time for him. I, I'm, I'm going to give him a bit of time to still, you know, re- regain his shame. But the second half of the season, man, he was looking funny, man. So he's, he's, he's really built up the credit, up. but he needs to fix up before he maxes out. That's what you're saying. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> man. Because this, this is Chelsea. I'm, I don't, I don't have time. I don't have time to be doing Great. nice guy, man. Look, I'm, I'm, I want to win again. I'm, I'm tired of all this. Uh, third, Mendy, fourth, third, fourth, third, fourth. Mendy needs to fix his credit score. Okay, 
So I've taken a couple of notes. Um, one point, so you said the issue in attack is creativity, not the striker. Yeah? Well, the striker too, but creativity is, is the thing that I've been talking about for, yes, for I just so long that... Okay. <clears throat> I just right. thought that was the first thing I was going to point out. Okay, cool. All right, so the striker is an issue, but you think the creativity is more of an issue. Um, Precisely. All right, cool. And you haven't talked about formation. Formation issue or not? Um, I don't really care about the formation. It's not really my favourite, but mm-hmm. I'd rather... I don't know if I... If, if we were to move away from it, I wouldn't be angry. If we were to move away from it, I wouldn't be, like, over the moon, like, oh, this is, this is such a tremendous thing. Yay. Okay. But I, I, I wouldn't really care either way, but... You're coping yeah. You're, you're okay with it. You're, you're, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more or less okay with it, but I'm just not okay with the way. Actually, no, I'm not okay with the way Tuchel uses it. I'd, I'd say that. I, I feel you. I feel you. What? Give me, give me in the audience a little bit more. What is wrong with the way Tuchel's using it? Um, so like he, he, he claims it to be a whole thing of like you know you you defend with five and attack with five, but sometimes it, it, it doesn't feel like that, you know. And I, and I feel that's obviously like when you have Alonso there getting up and down, it, it's not exactly easy for him. So mm-hmm. even though you, you're defending with five, it, it's kind of full until he can get up there. And if he is up there, is is a hit and miss. Like if if it's not a shooting position, he's useless. But, His hey, crossing isn't the best. So uh, Fabs Alonso mm-hmm. doesn't come back, you know. <laughs> I know that, that's that's Alonso my point. Stays up there, but that's why that's why we are. But Alonso, for me, he's more of an attacker than a defender. So when he says attack with five and defend with five, Alonso is not part of the defenders. The wing backs aren't part of the defenders. The five in attack are the wing backs, the two, the twin tens, and the striker. The defensive five is the three at the back and the two. Uh, the two players. midfielders. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I just had to get my Alonso slander in there. <laughs> Okay. I want that guy gone, man. And too cool. If if you try and convince him and Aspi, you're on the chopping block too, man. Well, um, I'm, I'm tired, man. I I I, don't, I can't do another season of Alonso, man. All right, I can't so, do it. So too cool, and for all intents and purposes, intents and purposes, um, when he came in, he said one of the reasons he wanted to change back to a back three is because he wanted Aspi, the captain, on the pitch. To be on the pitch, yeah. And when he talks about Aspi, he's talking about his attitude and the fact that he always did. And to be fair. Aspi's been loved by most of the managers because of the same reasons. When we know mm. when Tuchel talked about Lukaku, and I was listening to the interview. Yeah, I mean, nothing about Billy. He's all about attitude. All he was stuff, all man. talking about all of those other kind of things, and and so it does seem like Tuchel leads with the non on the pitch stuff, which is is scary. But if you was Tuchel's right hand man in terms of this kind of, if you was his sporting director. Um, then you would have influence in how we shape the team for the future. And so where do you think you want to start? Because I think we started an attack with Joe, but we can go from attack to defence or we can go from defence. I'd, I'd start from, from left back. Okay. <laughs> Why? Because you've got a random name that you want to take credit for? No, I just think left back because, you know, a lot of people are, are, are thinking that um, someone's ready to just come back into my ACO and I want to start from defence and we already know who's going to be right back. So okay. All right. why, so- why make it boring? So we can start with, you said left back, which kind of gave away where you're going. So talk to me about what you do at left back. Mm-hmm. I'd bring in Adrian Truffert. So Adrian, Adrian Truffert. Yeah. Is it Truffert? Truffert? Is he, is he French? Mm-mm, he's not French. He's not French. Okay. Where, where's he from? He's Belgian. Belgian. That's the one. So maybe Francophone, because I heard about this guy at the beginning of the season. Um, no, nah, he, he's, he's a white Don. No, no. 
Oh, okay, got you. Francophone, it doesn't mean black. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I forgot, I forgot. I, I've got to mix up the other two. I've got to mix up the other two. <laughs> it's true. Most, most of the Francophone <laughs> players are black, but it just, hey. it just speaking. But, yeah. um, yeah, so to be fair, one one of the people that is part of Chessie in the background, he told me about this player uh, really early in the season. I had a look. He's, he's done well. Apparently, he's had a good season too. So, mm-hmm. um, talk to me about, we are just talking about the main eleven. We're not even going to concentrate on on the backup. Now we know that Chilwell is around. So, and you've already kind of referenced that, you know, obviously he'll be competing. So that's fine. But what would Adrian Truffert bring to our team? Um, for me, it's mainly just that wide threat. So, you know, someone that can actually attack the penalty area, mm-hmm. similar to what we've got from Alonso, as well as um, passing the ball in there, you know, offering progressive, carry, uh, progressive carries. He's quite creative as well. Mm-hmm. He's been a big part of why run have done so well, you know, last season. And, he was actually funny enough. I wasn't actually watching Ren to even find out about him. It was mainly just to find out about um, Suleimana and mm-hmm. watching him play on on that left on that left position. It was really really impressive. Mm-hmm. He offers really good crosses. He's aggressive. You know, he reads the ball. He reads the game well. So he's actually quite good in terms of like intercepting the ball. Yeah. And he just and he's also like a very athletic player. So having that kind of guy there, left back, you know, mm-hmm. to offer a number whilst Chilwell gets better will be good. And not just that, but you're also raising the floor from what you had there previously with um. Marcus Alonso so having that kind of guy there would, would also be good and just keeping that um, if you want if we are still to play for it about having that threat of being able to get into the penalty area no. you know I feel like that would be still useful it's so funny it reminds me of when I was watching Dortmund because everyone was talking about Sancho including Babs by the way and so I went to verify to see because you know like sometimes people act like they watch but they don't really watch and um, that's where I came across Hakimi everyone was saying Sancho this Sancho that and I was like yeah, not he's not really doing the work getting up and down the wing like for Dortmund. And Hakimi was just amazing. That's when I came across Hakimi. And that seems like the same thing for you with Adrian Truffert. So mm-hmm. we're talking about game, like really intrigued. This is a team designed. Do you know like when we look at the Chelsea team that won the league under Mourinho? We, most people were named at 11. Most people were named the, the main 11 that won the league under Conte. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like we don't have to... I know there was other people in it, but most... Positions you could say, okay, this was the guy that played mostly left wing back, right wing back, and free in defence. Cahill, um, Louise, Aspi, Moses, Alonso, Kante, Matic, and then it was Costa Hazard, and then one of William and Pedro. Do you know what I'm saying? So that like, usually yeah. for title winning teams, you could just name their eleven, right? Yeah, because identity there. Yeah. So Truffer, um, do you think he'll be a game changer for us? I definitely think so. I feel like after watching Alonso for so long, you know, he's, he's not... <laughs> I feel like that, that'll that be like an instant upgrade. And not just that, but he's a young player as well. So he's just going to keep getting better and better. Fair enough. Okay. So when I'm looking at the, um, the rest of your defence, I'll give the game away and say you have Mendy in goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got Reese James, as you said, no-brainer, right yep. back. Um, and then there are two in defence... You got Thiago Silva, who he was actually saying had a shaky season last season. Yep. I don't agree. I don't agree. I think I didn't say the whole season. I'm talking about that like, towards the end of the season. I think I thought it was very shaky. Okay, okay, okay. But listen, towards the end of the season, that's still like a small part of the season compared to but in general. But that makes sense because I don't I think he had a great season. I think he was one of our best players. Um, okay, so Thiago Silva, 38. Mm-hmm. He'd be fair. Is how is he now? 37? Yeah. So 30... 37 or 38. 
those who know will know. Those who know will those know. Who know. But um, so you're thinking, and let's go again with Thiago Silva as a stall in our defense. Mm-hmm. You know, just to ease in, you know, the other potential centre backs. I think bringing him in there, you know, having that experience at the back will probably still be useful. Okay. And plus, you know, we we still got Trev, we still got Cole, we still got another centre back hopefully coming in. You yeah. know, so I you, think it'll be, I think it'll be all right. Babs, you need to do one of these against me where you're hosting and you're putting me under duress <laughs> for my team. <laughs> but I think I think this is good because. We're explaining our opinion and all of that type of stuff. And then we can look back at it next season. And it's not vague. We've all said, do you know what I'm saying? Like I said from the beginning, I'm not really in the Lukaku camp. I wasn't in the ZH camp. I wasn't in the Werner camp. But to get it documented and say, OK, you didn't want these players, but who did you want instead? Because it's easy to say, I don't want Lukaku. But then maybe, yeah, what, yeah. You know, but maybe you wanted some dead player instead. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like David, like uh, that David. I, to be fair, I don't even know... If, um, that David guy is bad, but I remember a lot of people was talking about him last season. They're not talking about him this season. Okay, so Thiago Silva is the man in defense. Then you got a new name mm-hmm. um, to, as a as a partner for Thiago Silva, and who have you got? Fofana. Yeah, Fofana. Wesley Fofana. Wesley Fofana. Listen, Wesley Fofana is one of my finds. One of my finds. I was telling people about this guy ages ago. And I remember at the time, obviously, I mentioned it in Chelsea chat, and they were saying, we've got too many defenders already. We've got Gurhi, we've got Tomori, we've got, and I was saying, you, this kid is special. I was like, I'm telling you. And it was, remember that? Who's that lanky guy that we got from Barcelona that everybody just like, or was it, did we get him from Barcelona, the Dutch kid? Yeah, I know, I know you're talking about that, that guy. I, I, told, I was telling guys from, from earlier, that, that guy is not good, man. It's so that guy funny. is not good, man. Like, that's, 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 um, Light, light skin tax, man. They, they, they saw him. They saw he was dark. Right. You're like, oh, Van Dyke. They, they, this that's is what, what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. They fell for it. They fell for it. And it was like, no, we got him as well. I was like, I'm telling you, Fofana. And the thing is with Fofana, he's not the tallest, but the reason why I knew about Fofana is because I study stats and I just kind of let the stats speak to me. So I'm not... Because a lot of the times we go and do com- confirmation bias. It's like, oh, we know about this player and we try to look for the stats to make them look even better or look even worse. And so that's why sometimes I just like to go into the stats like Neo in the Matrix and just see who pops out. And Fofana popped out in terms of aerial duels, just all these different things. Because basically I modelled, I found a model for what is a good defender. And then I kind of plugged it in. I just wanted to see what the stats would bring me. And then Fofana came out. And what I usually do, because obviously, and I think people need to understand this, because I work in like this kind of area or adjacent to it anyway. But we are so far from... Um, being able to use statistics to pick out players. So even though like the statistics that I use kind of suggest players to me, I still have to go back and watch them to see, okay, where is it wrong? Where is it right? Um, and so I, for defenders, because I've done it for attackers, but defenders and goalkeepers, different positions, you need to tweak it um, a little bit. And so I found a group of defenders and I just went watching them. And then I saw Fafana and I was like, this kid is amazing. Like not just statistically, but... Um, when you watch him, and I think we've all seen it now, how good he is. Um, but he's at Leicester. Apparently, he's just signed a new contract. This is supposed to be um, a feasible 11 too. So do you feel like Fofana could be done this season? I don't see why not. I don't see why not. I, I saw there was a couple of reports that were saying, uh, what was it, 80 million euros. Mm-hmm. So that's what, 65 million pounds. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to pay, f- what, 55, 60 for um, Kunde allegedly. I'd rather play pay that. What do you call him? Premium. Huh? Say it again. What's his name? 
Kunde. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> what, what, what do you think I said? <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, no, no, this is a family-friendly pod. Um, so for Fana, <laughs> so, so for Fana, how, what is the most that you'll pay for him? Where it's like, all right, cool, I'm out. I, I rate the player, but now you're getting crazy. Um, I'd say like 70, 80 million pounds. 80 million. I'd, I'd pay up. I'd pay up for that for him. I, I just feel like that the, the talent that you get is is worth that money. Well, so let me ask you about because I know that you. I think you've watched you watch the French league, and I know you're not mm-hmm. trying. You like you watch the like the French league, so you've seen Saliba, and I know that you're a fan. Yeah. Uh, and there has been a conversation for a couple of years now since basically I brought Fafana up um, about Fafana versus Saliba. Um, who would you choose if you could get one of them? For the same price. Same price. For Fana easily. Okay. For Fana easily. I, 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 I really like Saliba. I think mm-hmm. he's like a, a very good player on the ball. Mm-hmm. But um, what I like from centre-back, I, like, I, I just like the guys that are aggressive, front-footed. And that's, mm-hmm. what, that's like Fafana, like mm-hmm. hand on hand on heart. And I feel like with Saliba, as good as he is, I still need to see him in the Prem. Yeah. You know, but obviously <laughs> he's, he's really as impressed for, for Marseille. You know, they, they do play a high line. He's played in the four at the back. He's played in the three at the back, and he's looked comfortable either way. And if we were to get him, phew, I, I would be happy with that as well. Like, it's not even a, it's not at all a slide. Him. I just think for Farner at the moment, it's better. I, I just so obviously, for, I think Farner's younger than Saliba as well. And I know, like, I know people get comfortable with that. Okay, for Farner's done in the Premier League, we don't have a Saliba. But I don't forget when I was checking out for Farner, I was seeing Saliba as well. I sent Etihad so. And for me, Saliba has always looked a bit like I haven't been that impressed by him. And so, and this is not just the fact that Fafana's done it in the Premier League. This is Fafana in France. Immediately, I saw him. I was thinking, this kid is the truth. With Saliba, yeah. with Saliba, I know that um, there's been some good tackles and recovery, and people like again, like the Dutch kid. I think people like the stature. Uh, yeah. I think people like the stat chart. I, I, I don't even think he's even the, the, the best French young centre back I've seen in that league. Yeah. Like yeah. For, for me, if you want to go and get someone, I'd, I'd go and get Badia Schiller from, from a Monaco. I think he is, I think he's is, ridiculous. Is, is he like 17 though? Is he like really young? No, 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 no. no. I think you're thinking of um, the um, the kid at PSG. That's who you're thinking yeah. of. But Badia Schiller is 21. Okay. And he, this is what, like his first season at Monaco as a starter. Okay. He's a player that he's just ridiculous on the ball. He, I think he's. Probably as good, if not better, than Fafana on the ball. Yeah, um, he's really good aerially. He reads the game well. He he plays the back four. So, not not to say that there's a doubt any other player playing the back three, but he plays the back four already. And I think he's just an amazing player. That if you want, if you want to be like what 25, 30 million for a centre back, you'd be winning if you got him. Absolutely okay. winning. All right. So this is this is the the team that Babs is selling to Tuchel, the team that is going to win us the league over a Liverpool team managed by Klopp and a City team managed by Pep and also a Spurs team that is aggressively like Conte's not playing about, let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest. I know that a couple of Chelsea fans are scared now. Boy, because- I, I I can't like, hey listen man, I, I was telling certain man that look my deep Conte is not he's not here to play around, man. At all. He's going to be popular. He's going yeah, that's, to that's, that's, that's the one thing that you could always respect about Conte. That no matter what, he just wants to win. I love, I love, I love the fact that Conte isn't here to be just a number, just to, yeah. just to play a part. Like if you ask Conte what his aim is, you'll probably you'll definitely tell you to win the league. You wouldn't you wouldn't like mess did, around. Did you see how sick he was when they were losing? He was sick. He couldn't take it. And this guy was this guy was throwing the prem at the, the, the I'm the, telling the, you. At the prem. 
I'm telling you, and don't forget, when we was getting slapped by Arsenal, Liverpool, before the transfer window closed, I know that he got them to make some signings because I can tell he can't stand losing. Like when Inter said, we ain't got the money to be buying these players, he's like, okay, I'm gone. Because yeah. he just got I no appetite. Him, yeah, he's it. got no appetite to just compete to not win. That's what I'm saying. So he protects that, which is good. But that kind of shows the kind of competitors that we're going up against. So Spurs... We can don't forget since he came in, like is like I think they may have done better than us since Conte came in. Yeah, I, 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 I used to always send those those tables to yeah. you guys in, the, in the group chat. Like, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're creeping up, man. So, so we like again, we're gonna all start at the same time next season. So, yep. it, they're they're one to watch. So, we're building a team. We've got two who's a good manager, but we just need to give them the team to compete with these guys. Okay, so four three three, you've gone and you've gone mm. with. Like, He's gone with an anchor man. Have you gone with a DLP? Have you gone with a register? Um, I wouldn't really call. I wouldn't call Tenali a register. A register no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't actually call. Why him wouldn't that. you call him a register? So it's Tenali we're talking about. But go. Mm-hmm. On. I think he's more of a. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say like a, a ball winning midfielder, but he kind of isn't that more. But even the way that he plays for for, for Milan, he doesn't really sit. Um, at the moment, like sometimes he will sit, and other times he will go forward and try and win the ball mm-hmm. and try and power forward in Milan. But the only reason I want him, I just think he's an amazing player. Like whenever I watch Milan, he's he's literally just the heart and soul of that midfield. Him and um, Benasser. So he's the heart. And soul I, I really like though. Yeah, like a register supposed to be. Listen. Yeah, I guess you could say I that. Think, I guess you could I say think that. People people treat it like a dirty word. That's why I wanted to say. I, I, I don't. I don't. I, don't I, know, feel like a dirty I word. know, but it's just like people want a distance and. Like the word registers become so closely coupled with Jorginho. Do you know what I'm saying? Like people think, oh no, a register is someone that can't run fast or whatever. Um, but it's just literally what you said, the heart and soul. Um, so yeah, if he can be that for us, then that's good. And you're right. So when he first came through, everyone was talking about Perlo, a young Perlo. Um, but I don't think I don't people always do that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like Lukaku's the new drug bar and all this stuff. But then I think as he's played more, people have been, like, from what I'm hearing, and I haven't been watching Milan as much as you guys, but people were saying that he's got a bit of that Gattuso in him too. So I get I get what you're saying. Um, and Tonali, you think Italians travel well? Um, I don't think, it's, I think Italians are not travelling well. I just don't think that the best Italians tend to travel, if that mm. makes sense. I don't think they, they tend to travel. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, 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 for, me, for me, I just think Tanadi is an amazing player. I, I think his journey's been interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, last season when he was on loan with the um, option to buy, he didn't exactly have the best of seasons. He was actually good, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And they took a risk when it came to buying him. And he's proven the right <clears throat> in terms of spending the money. So if if he was to come here, I think he'd be amazing. I really do be good. Like, just his physical profile, mm-hmm. as well as his technical ability, I, I think he'd be a really good player to have. Okay. And... As much as people hate it, and as much as people say, "Oh, we've tried it with register, and we, we just we don't win leagues with registers. We won with one leagues with registers." I'm sorry to to say it. Like when it comes down to it, <laughs> again, as much as it might be a dirty word to you, most Italian managers will play with an anchor man that is the heart and soul. Like so, it's not, they're not attacking playmakers that are supposed to be doing through balls, but they're the people that are supposed to be helping you transition up the pitch, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, being that deeper playmaker, and Mikel was literally that for us with Ancelotti. Even Makaleli, that's what Ranieri said when he brought them in. I'm bringing him in to be my deeper playmaker. 
Um, and we've had a lot of Italian managers. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, even Di Matteo brought Mikel back in from the cold. Because um, don't forget, AVB tried to replace him Romeo. And um, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, was it Di Matteo? Di Matteo took over AVB, yeah. And then he brought Mikel back in from the cold. Um, so this whole idea that Chelsea don't need to function with a uh, uh, register, like I, I actually think most of the times we've done well, we've had that type of player. And to be fair, we can talk about the Conte season. Um, we can talk about the Conte season and maybe the, the Mourinho season when they came back. We did have Matic, by the way, who again, Matic, similar to most deep line playmakers, first they're attacking playmakers, then they get moved back. And Matic at first, was an attacking playmaker, but he got moved back. But Matic's game, there's an argument of whether you can call him deep line playmaker because he definitely didn't like. He's someone that dribbled and liked to go up the field, and and so yeah, so so like I guess um, Tonali will kind of keep that going in us having that kind of person at the back to kind of you know help us transition up in this team. And then um, for your Next midfielder, we've got two options, mm-hmm. box to box. Who you who you gonna reveal first? Um, I go Kovacic first. I go Kovacic. Kovacic first. You've had an interesting yeah. relationship with Kovacic because for a long for a long while you was one of those people. And like, don't forget, not just you, but Chelsea fans in general. It's an interesting relationship with Kovacic um, because I remember at first when we got him, everyone was like, "Oh, he's so amazing!" And I think yeah, a lot of people saw him as because like, obviously when we got Sari, people just said, oh, Sari's trying to recreate recreate his Napoli team. So they said, okay, we need the Hamzik type. And so they played themselves, which a lot of Chelsea fans do, the same way with... Yeah, they build up ideas in their head. Yeah, without actually knowing the player. So when Havertz came in, they was like, oh, he's going to be our KDB. Just the same way with Kovacic. was like, oh, he's going to be our Hamzik. And it's like, mm, you probably just don't know the player. And I think that a lot of people assume because... Um, there was like in a sorry team, the left central midfielders that attack midfielder, but really and truly, sorry, never said that. <laughs> it's just that he played Hamzik there, but Hamzik used to, don't forget, Hamzik used to play anchor man too and defensive midfield. So Hamzik's always had that defensive side to his game too. And I think um, sorry likes box to box players, people with energy and box to box. So, but Kovacic wasn't that player. So I think a lot of people got let down with Kovacic's lack of attacking ability and therefore. This is just my assumption, but I know a lot of people mentioned it. That's why Kovacic went from being, oh, this is this great signing that we've got on loan from Real Madrid to he's not good enough. Um, and so we, a lot of people didn't want us to spend 40 million on Kovacic because they didn't think he was worth 40 million. Even in the season where we were banned and the only signing we could make was Kovacic. And then he got a lot of hate under the Lampard regime because people started to call him a crab player, someone that passes side to side. Really? I thought I thought he got the most love on, under under him, you know? Um, there was this... But he got player of the season, etc. Like, I, right, I thought he right. got the most love. Right, so like, it kind of changed. So at, I'm saying at first, he got love, but then very quickly in the... So at the beginning of the season, Kovacic and Jorginho was the main two, if you remember. Yeah. And they went well, but then... When things started to get sticky, that's when the hate started to come in. And then he built it back up. And I think Jorginho ended the season well as well. And now it's headband Jorginho. But it just, it felt like both Jorginho and Kovacic, it's been up and down, but Jorginho has been way lower. The downs have been lower. 
and Kovacic, the highs has been kind of higher. Um, but so to talk to me about Kovacic, because I kind of really want to understand where you're at right now, because mm-hmm. there has been times where you're like, no, just sell, I don't rate. But he's in your yeah. team. Yeah, he's impressed me, man. He's really impressed me. I feel like the side of his game that I've wanted to, to really be shown is, is finally come out. Like, I just I just feel like when you're this good of, of like a dribbler, mm-hmm. you're able to brace the ball like that, that well, you've got to like, you've got to give me more, man. Like with the amount of talent that he had and the amount of talent that he showed at Inter as a youngster, like I just wanted to see a lot more. And he's been, he showed it early on, especially in the season, like something like his final third passing. And I feel like if he's able to like show that next season as well, I think, the, the, the sky's the limit. You know, do you know, like, I remember um, when Tuchel first came in, uh, obviously he took over from Lampard and we switched to a 3-4-3. I remember a lot of people saying that his passes had improved towards the end of the season when we switched to 3-4-3. And then obviously we had a whole season. Obviously he was injured throughout the season, but a lot of people said his passes come along. And, and for me, and this is just my take on it, um, I don't think he's his passing as much. I just think he's the, the ingenuity got, going forward. But this is but so like he's been he's got a lot more assists and all of that type of stuff. And but for me, I remember when we switched to a three four three under Conte, and Matic got a gang of assists, and um, everyone was like, "Rah!" All of a sudden, Matic being a creator. And from what I saw, and this is kind of just my assumption or my take from last time, I was like. Yeah, in the 3-4-3, essentially, um, Matic, when you're playing a 4-3-3, like you've kind of proposed, and what we saw with Kovacic a lot of the time, Kovacic will dribble up the ball, and then because Eden was right next to him, there was a simple pass. Oh, okay, let me pass to Eden because I've, I've dribbled the ball up, and now let me give the ball to the attacker. Whereas in a 3-4-3, a lot of the time, the players aren't as close to him. So... I don't know. For, for me, watching the three four three and watching Matic in it, it just beca- there was more space for him to kind of thread balls. Um, and, I, and I thought as soon as the season started, and in, in fact, as soon as Tuchel came in, I was just looking at Kovacic saying he's going to be able to get way more assists because in this kind of two, literally, it just opens it up because you've got the wing back making that run. You've got inside forward, et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like it just works. So whereas a lot of people are saying, oh, he's kind of developed it. I just think that if you was to switch back to a 4-3-3, I don't think you'll see as much. I think, especially if we've got someone that can take the ball and dribble, you'll just see Kovacic giving the ball to um, the left winger more. And that's just my personal take on it. But uh, one thing I also say is that, whereas people talk about into Kovacic, I always think it's dangerous, unless you watch uh, Kovacic regularly at Inter, to talk about into Kovacic, because I feel like it's the same with new Lukaku. Because you get these snippets and then people stretch out like that's their whole season. And I, I don't know. I, I can't say myself because I don't watch Inter Kovacic, but I always feel like it's dangerous when people talk, talk about Inter Kovacic, Dortmund, Sancho, Lukaku. Do you know what I'm saying? Unless you've watched regularly. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. And then you've also got who else in midfield? So it's, it's a weird one. So like I've got Kante there, but... We can talk about next I've season. Got... Just, just let's huh? focus on Kante. Let's focus on Kante. You've got Kante there. We're trying to yeah. win. Um, I'll, this one I'll allow you. So we're just focused on this season first and foremost, but I will let you get your, yeah. your explanation off. But obviously Kante and Kovacic, people say they're injury prone. Mm. To be fair, they have been injury prone. Um, 
So I say people say, but it's the truth. You know what I'm saying? You know the ones we were like, our oh, streets are saying, but really, yeah, it's, you, it's, know you that saying it. <laughs> it's not just the streets saying it, man. It's life. But yeah. so again, um, what would be your answer to relieving Kante and Kovacic or to, to, as like a backup for Kante and Kovacic when they're injured? Mm-hmm. So initially, for me, I wanted an understudy for me from last season, but I feel like the best choice would probably be having somebody that can play the majority of games, yeah, that can oversee it, and then when you need like that big game player, you you bring Kante in. And for, for me, ideally, it would be Jude, you know. But I do well, I, know okay. that okay, go on, go on. But I do know that Dortmund they have that policy; they only like to sell one big player yeah. at a time of the season. But it's been reported that. If they were to get a good enough offer, they would be tempted to sell. So that's kind of like why I've got like start. Like if, if you get what, what would I mean. you, what would you, what did you make of a Bellingham's England performance? Um, I don't think it was like I don't think it was good at all. I don't, I don't think it was good. Mm. I feel like the the second game was a lot better. I think the last game was probably his worst game. Yeah, I felt like the second game was a, was a lot better. And so with Bellingham, if we were to sign him, what would you expect? him to bring to make us more title challenges? Just an amazing ball-winning midfielder, you know, someone that's fearless in the tackle, you know, he can drive the team forward. You know, he's just really good. I feel like he can play in the mortgage position for us. He can play in the six, he can play in the eight. Mm. If you want a bit, a bit more advanced, he can play it as well and he can excel. You know, I just think he's just that engine that um, Kante also offers. That I really him, think that. Would you play him as a single anchor? Um, would I? I mean, I wouldn't be against it. I think he's got the intelligence to do it, but it wouldn't be like the the position. I feel like I've seen a lot of people say like that. That's where they think he'll play in the future. But I don't think mm-hmm. you get the best him if you play him there. If you get me, I just feel like he can play there. If you get, do you get what I mean? Like he can yeah. play there. But I think the best Bellingham you're gonna get is, is, is as a centre mid. Okay. All right. Okay. Cool. Um, anyway, yeah. And would you expect him? Because I know that a lot of people they expect goals from their midfielders. So is would you see him as the guy to chip in with goals? Not really. It's not really. Okay. It's not really what I I, I look to him for. Um, okay. I think he's got the ability to, to go and potentially get it, but it's not what I look to him for. You know, as okay. as a midfielder, primarily right, so anyway. One of the things you said. In fact, let me just double back to the defense quickly because I didn't address it. So you said Thiago Silva was a bit of an issue for you in the team, mm-hmm. but you've got him there and you've got him yeah. along Fafana. But you'll be happy uh-huh. with that. You'll be happy with Thiago Silva and Fafana. Yeah. Okay. And then so midfield, you said it's not sturdy enough. It's not battle hardy enough. But you've brought in Tonali and Bellingham with Kovacic, and you're happy with that. Now it's got the very much so, yeah. Right, the venom. Okay. 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 So let's get to the, your front three. Um, yes. We can start wherever you want. Hey, listen, man. I'm I'm, I'm happy with this. I'm happy with this. Um, <laughs> personally, out wide on the right, I'd go. I'd go Dembele. You know, okay. him and Tuchel, they've got an amazing relationship. Okay. You know, he's out of Wait, 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 wait. Dembele, what if he what if he wants 200k a week? If he wants 200k a week? Yeah. It's a sticky one, man. I was here a sticky got, one, perhaps. <laughs> it's just, for, for, I've said it already. The, the reason why for me it's sticky is that you have recent amount who want new contracts as well. And Would you men, say no? Would you say no if he said, I want 200k a week? <sighs> I'd say okay, you know, if you want 200k, we let's make it performance based. So let's say if you if you if you play enough games, you'll get that. No, and Dembele says no. I'll go somewhere else. He says I want 200k a week flat. 
You, you see, the thing is, Dania, when you talk to a man that's desperate, they'll say yes to anything. So, so at this point now, asking me, I don't know if it's a good, it's a good. It's a I'm good asking you now. I'm asking you now. <sighs> hey, for shit. context, for context, in the group chat, Babs was just chatting shit. To be fair, I know you're here, but I'm gonna say it for your face. Babs was chatting shit. Babs was saying, "Oh, I'm not taking more than was it? At first, it was 160. Then you said 160 to 180. I'm not mm-hmm. paying." More than one sixty one eight, and I was like, "Are you crazy? He's on the free." Yeah, but, yeah I, I, I get, I get you, I get you, I get you. But, but my thing was just the fact that he's so he's had these injury issues. One, and you already back. got guys who want new money, more money. But for me, if I would be, I'm not against giving a two hundred k if he plays the games. That's what I said. I, I don't care if he plays the game. I don't mind. But, but you, my you thing is, know. if you if this guy is in, in Chelsea with the hospital for seventy five percent of the season. I'm going to be pissed if he's on Twitter. Yeah, we're going to be pissed. It's a gamble. This is what I'm saying. It's a gamble. Listen, someone can get injured, like, even if they don't have injury issues, and then we can sign them and they can start getting injured. Um, but So, like, all I'm saying is, would you take that gamble, 200k a week, Dembele? Um, and to be fair... I'm you desperate, Dan, man. I'm yeah, you're desperate. You're, yeah, but to, to be fair, also, 200k a week is not that bad. And when you're saying, like, what would Reese want and what would Mount want? Do you know what? People... Listen, Reese and Mount are now um, they're senior players essentially. They're they're not looked as youngsters, they're relied on. So them getting that type of money isn't an issue, like when it comes down to it. So so I don't even see that as an issue. If listen, if it's a it's a risk. Every single transfer you're making is a risk. For me, um, even if Dembele was to come in at 200k and he was injury prone, and I, listen, I don't know how much they're offering him. We was just having this conversation in the group chat, but I don't think 200k is much to cry about when it comes down to it. Um, and the good thing about Dembele, from what I've seen, is every single time he's been injured, and he's been injured a lot, he hasn't physically. He doesn't look like he's declined. Um, so that I would be way more worried if these injuries were taking a toll on him. Um, and yeah, again, we'll leave it to the medical team. But Dembele, I think, I think he's one of the ones that everyone's unified on now. Everyone's happy with the signing. Everybody wants Dembele in. So please don't fuck up. Otherwise, Grimes are coming for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so Dembele on the right. Um, so who's going to be on the left for you? Gnabry. Gnabry. Now, we've had a back and forth about Gnabry. I said, because Babs knows the type of profile that I like. And so when I said I don't want Canary, Babs was like, "That's that's what you want. That's literally what you said you want." And listen, you're not wrong. Canary, that he's not someone that I'm going to complain about if we get him. Um, Canary, I feel like the type of finishes he does, he just looks like an expert finisher. I enjoy watching his finishes. <laughs> you know, forget about the, the fact that he's good at finishing, and we haven't had one of those players for a long while. By the way, I used to really. Um, like good Johnson's finishing Arsenal like he'd score beautiful goals but not just beautiful goals when he was one-on-one I could trust him one-on-one and it's been a long time where I've had players where I feel like okay cool they're gonna bury it they're gonna kill off teams um and so in that regard I get why you said that I don't well it doesn't make sense that I don't want him but for me the reason why I'm less it's not like if we get Gnabry I think he'll do well for us um but the reason why I'm less kind of open to Gnabry is, I, just, I don't know, I feel like I always look for the hunger in players. And um, from 
what I'm seeing at Bayern Munich, he just doesn't seem like a hungry player anymore. It's not necessarily about his skill set. Some, some of it is, I feel like we need ingenuity. And I do believe that Gnabry, even at Chelsea, I believe he'll get chances and I believe he'll bury chances. And I believe that actually he'll be a good wide score for us. And I, I believe that we need that. But also what I want is um, people with the skill in tight situations to create space for themselves. And I think that whilst he kind of does it through running, um, I don't think he's got like those moments of skill as much to just in a tight box, just, you know, I feel like he'll, on the end of moves and all of that type of stuff, but I don't necessarily see him like taking it past two or three players in the middle of the box and then shooting. Um, but listen, beggars can't be choosers. So if we get Gnabry, I think he'll do well here. But tell us why you want Gnabry. Why I want Gnabry? Because I've seen people want Gabriel Jesus and I, I don't want him. <laughs> I, I first, yeah, I first... I don't know if you remember that, but quite early on in the season, I, I actually said, you know what, I think this guy could be someone that we could get. And when I, when I sat down, I, I thought to myself, okay, cool. He, he's, he's a good player, yeah, but he doesn't. he's a player that people are saying they want to play a striker, but he literally said in the interview, he's preferring this um, position he's had playing out wide. So like, for me, okay, that's fair enough. I need to play right wing, but I've really got Dembele there in the right wing now. So I want someone that can play left wing. And I don't think that's really something that Jesus does. And I wouldn't really want him up front, personally, for me. And yeah, I don't know. I think he's a he's a decent, he's a good player, but there's just something about it I just don't like. You know, like you know what you know. This everybody has that player that you, you can look at them and be like, okay, they're good, but there's just something like I just don't like it. And I just feel like he's one of those players that he can have. He has big bust potential. Like he can just flop. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, when I look at him, I just feel like he has that, that kind of potential. I, I don't I, know. Like, what, what's his what's his hunger? You know, he's won the Premier League. No, he's got hunger. Player. No, he's got hunger. And that's the he reason He's won the Premier League. How many times has the City? You know, like, no, he's done with nah, he's, nah, trust me, he's got hunger. Like, he's got well, hunger. you always say that you spoke to him, yeah? No, no. Let's, listen, I'm a good reader of body language. You know what I'm saying? Like, his eyebrows. Like, he, you can see his eyebrows. He's not satisfied. <laughs> he's, he's not satisfied. He's, he's, you know what I'm saying? No, but honestly, hey. honestly. I listen, listen, he's gonna move and I think he's gonna stay in England. And I believe wherever he goes, he's gonna be a hit. So it's not one of those ones where it's like, oh, we, we'll never find out. I'm putting my name to it now. I believe that he'll be a hit. And I think that a lot of it'll be one of those ones where everyone's like, oh, well, why didn't we go for them? Why would he, he was right there? And everybody was like, yeah, I said it at the time or whatever. But I believe that he'll be a, a hit signing. The, the thing is with Gnabry as well. Because he's such a good finisher, as long as he's in a team that he gets decent chances, I think he can well, do well. Imagine him and Dembele, man. I think, oh, I think, oh, I think oh, Dembele created the chance for Gnabry. For Gnabry, yeah, we're, we're eating good. I man. think, I think we're with, good. I think with Gnabry, um, he had the slow start to his career, obviously, but and um, and then at Bayern Munich, it didn't. It, I, there was I can't remember who said it. A director at Bayern Munich, but he said. Sane and um, Gnabry started the season on fire and then they fell off. And listen, I'm not a contemporary. I don't watch, so I don't want to... I, I just... It would be good if anyone that watches Bayern regularly can tell me what happened in that part of the season. Because um, that's part of the reason why I'm thinking, what happened? Why Why is now Bayern Munich, they're not necessarily happy with him? Because it's not that just Gnabry wants to go. They weren't happy with him as well. So I'd want to know that. Whereas Man City fans, they're dying to keep Jesus. Pep, He's dying to keep Jesus. They just want to respect the fact that he wants to start regularly. So I feel like there's a little bit of a difference in that as well. And listen, you can't necessarily just go on that because clubs might want to keep players that are shit and clubs 
obviously, as a Chelsea fan, we know this. Clubs let go of players that, you know, they really shouldn't be letting go of. Um, but I respect it, Gnabry. Okay, so we've got Gnabry on the left and we've got Dembele on the right. And so who's, yep. who's the main man? Kai Havertz. Kai Havertz. Mm-hmm. You're sticking with Kai Havertz? Kai Havertz. I'm You're sticking with top, man. All right, so talk, talk me through it. Talk me through it. So we've got Gnabry, who is a is a finisher. So we, at least look, you, you're not playing around because a lot of these people, they, they go on hope. They're like, oh, yeah, maybe we can buy this player that never scores goals before. But when he comes down and Dembele will create for him, therefore he's going to score 50 goals. No, you've actually got someone that bangs in goals in Gnabry out wide, which we haven't had for ages. So well done on that. Because a lot of times we can fit, like even me, per Possibly now with the Gnabry thing, even me, I'm trying to talk my way out of what is just clearly obvious, that we need goals away from the striker and Gnabry is someone that will do that. So it's, I, I applaud you for actually having Gnabry there. And then Dembele, you said we lack creativity. I think that's what you said at the top. Um, mm-hmm. And so is Dembele the answer for creativity? Because I don't really think in midfield there's an answer for creativity there, is there? I think Dembele is a big part of it. Gnabry also offers it. You know, he's played um, wing back for um, uh, Bayern and he's been able to like create for them. Um, and obviously, I feel like if he's playing the front line, he'll be able to like continue like w- where he left off. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruce James as well at right back, he offers it. Um, Trefer at left back, he offers it. I think Jude as well. Um, something that he's done really well. He's got ingenuity. This season for Dortmund. Pardon? He's got ingenuity. Exactly. Very, I, I, I just love how like. You know, with with Pogba, one of the things that a lot of people love when he was young was he was it was like a winger playing in midfield at times. Mm-hmm. If you get what I mean, and mm-hmm. with Jude, you get that same you get those same qualities because he's played out wide for um, for um, Birmingham and he's played mm-hmm. out wide like in the first initial season with, with Dortmund. Mm-hmm. So you do get that one v one ability, so you know, that ability to beat a man either by skill or just through just through raw power. And you know, I feel like that's something is. that you get, and you also get it from Kovacic now as well. So yes, yeah, it's, it's good to see. So, but you know what it is? Like, when I talk about ingenuity, I'm not necessarily talking about creating chances. I'm just saying mm. sometimes a player might do something because if you do something that everybody expects you to do, then you're, that's not ingenuity. But sometimes a player will get the ball and everybody will expect him to pass the, um, um, the guy on the left because that's where the play is going. But then he might just do some sort of skill and he just deceives everyone. Yeah. And now the game, basically, he's just reset and everyone's like, fuck, the, the whole game's opened up. And it's not even like a pass or any creativity. He's just done something like that's ingenuity. Do you know what I'm saying? I feel like Bellingham does that. Like obviously Eden used to have moments like that for us. Um, I look at our team. We don't necessarily have that many players that have that kind of ingenuity. And so Bellingham has that. I think Dembele might have a bit of that. I think he definitely has that. Dembele has it. Even though Dembele, um, a lot of times it's just he's just using his physical ability as well. To kind yeah. of be players, but he—it's definitely got ingenuity too because you don't know whether he's doing it. He's left, he's right, so it kind of left is right. Yeah, you know, right. he's, he's telling his I don't know. I know what I'm struggling with. You know. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So, so then why, why Kai, why Kai up top? Right. So for me, right, I look at what he's done up top already, and I and I've been impressed. You know, in the Prem, 17 games, 1,200 minutes. That's mm-hmm. roughly what 13, 13 appearances. He scored mm-hmm. seven goals up front in the Prem, so that's one in two already. Mm-hmm. Champions League again, 555 minutes, three goals and seven appearances. That's one and two again. So he's already shown me that he's got a one and two potential playing up top with not the best of creators, you know. Mm-hmm. And for me, if he's able to like carry on that form or, or even potentially increase it with like the input that you have, 
mm-hmm. from those other two forwards, I think I think it would just be a smash hit. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really, really think it would be a smash hit. And for me, that's where I've always wanted to see him play up top. You know, I, I, the, the midfielders we've got there already, I feel like they're a lot more adept to playing in midfield and doing the midfield work than he would be if he was to be playing there. And I just feel like playing him up top with those two guys there surrounding him, I just think the, the, the goals are, are going to come. Like, we've already seen it. What one? He's already been one and two up top already. So if he continues that rate into the, into the, into the new season, playing 40-odd games, you know, and even increase it even slightly, you're looking at a, a, a very top striker there, you know, so... You, you, you yeah. like you like one and two numbers, because I've always been against one and two, um, but you like one and two numbers. I'm not saying I like one... My thing is, right, I, I'm not in the business of saying, okay, he's done this, so he's going to suddenly go to three and four, mm-hmm. two and three. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that as long as he maintains this, it's good. I mean, All if right. he can get even better, it's even better. Okay, like, so then I'll be even more happy. What would you expect from Gnabry? Goals to starts. Goals to starts. Goals to starts. That's a good question, you know. So how many? Okay, how many starts are we saying? All right. So let's let's say Gnabry gets thirty starts, Kai gets thirty thirty starts, and Dembele gets thirty starts. Gnabry. How much would you expect roughly from Gnabry non pen? Fifteen to twenty, because Gnabry doesn't even take pens anyway. Fifteen to twenty. Uh, so, so even even that because that I'm looking at I'm thinking of even that buy like he doesn't start 30, 30 plus I don't think he's ever started thirty plus games. Yeah, but okay, <laughs> and he's always done well in terms of. I'll say if goals. he starts thirty games, then we'll say seventeen because that's in the middle, fifteen to twenty for Gab Gnabry. Mm-hmm. Kai Havertz starts 30, thirty games. Uh, I'd say 17, 17 goals again. 70, 17, Okay, so two players pushing twenty and non pens. That's good. Dembele starts mm-hmm. 30 games, <laughs> which I, I laughed a little bit, but Dembele. <laughs> we love you, Dembele. Has he ever done that? <laughs> we love you, Dembele. But I love yeah, I, don't, I don't think he's ever... Has he ever started more than 20 years for Barca? Probably at Ren, Not at Barca, but probably at Ren and probably maybe at Dortmund. But Dembele went, listen, we're in your camp. We, lo- we like you. Um, mm. But if, if he was... <laughs> if he was to start 30 games... If he was to start 30 games... <laughs> let's get serious. Yeah. Let's, <clears throat> okay. Okay, let's start, get serious. Yeah, if it was to start yeah. 20 games, how many goals? You know, the thing with the man that really interests me is right at Ren, he was more of a goal threat. Yes, he was a lot more of a goal threat, and that's one of the things that really excited me when I saw him and I saw Bogart mm-hmm. on loan out there. I was looking at him, I was thinking, okay, this, this guy can this guy can score, you know, and he, he had the creativity side. I mean, mm-hmm. at Dortmund, it kind of like flipped. Mm-hmm. And he was scoring decently, but it was the creation that was but really we, exciting. We, people, we know why it flipped at Dortmund because I didn't understand yeah, that because he was playing. He was playing touchline. He was playing kind of like a, like a wing back at times. It's too cool. <clears throat> it's, it's yeah, too cool. Like, and this is why I say when people talk about Hudson doing only four goals and stuff like that. Like when it comes down to it, it depends on the role you're playing. Really and truly, like exactly. I feel like people forget. Right, you yeah. two players can play right wing, and they're not they're not playing the same role. Right, and it really they're not playing the same role at all. Listen, I put my hands up too because I looked at Pulisic stats and I was like, what? Four goals. But really and truly, I remember when Batshuayi went on loan there and Pulisic was literally wide, just slipping the ball into the middle. And that's a feature of Tuchel's games. Like, I want players out wide just slipping the ball into the middle. Now, obviously, that's one of the reasons why we can see he likes the swing-back system. I know a lot of people want him to move to 4-3-3, but... Really and truly, even at PSG, and people talk about, oh, he played four at the back. Marquinhos was a centre-back in midfield. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? So that's three, still three centre-backs in the field. So he he likes, uh, I think he likes a lot of this system. 
And I judge Pulisic without, and this is why stats are so dangerous because it doesn't tell you the full story. I judge Pulisic thinking, why are you not really scoring that many goals? But now, and with Dembele as well, it's like, raw, like, because I remember at the time we were talking about Dembele versus Mbappe. And I was like, when it comes down to the best attackers in the world, they're not getting loads of assists. <laughs> the best of people like the Messi, the Ronaldo's, the people that people love, they're scoring lots of goals. So I was thinking. Mm. And even then Mbappe, man, like, I think he, he's, he's led Europe in assists. Yeah, yeah, but, so, so scary is, but is comparing, comparing Mbappe, yeah, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I was saying that Mbappe is going to be better because when it comes down to it, people love the goal scorer most, not their sister. And but then again, like I did see clips and I saw him slipping the ball in wide, but it, it makes so much sense, especially in a two-pool system, why why Dembele flipped to being more of a creator. Now at Barcelona, he had actually some seasons where he scored a decent amount of goals, right. Um, yeah, I think he, he got like, I think he got six one season. Is that which, the most he's That's off head. I can, I can yeah, check yeah. now. But yeah. But I don't think he, actually, no, I was wrong. He done eight, he got eight goals. He was one in two for one season. One in two. How many starts? Um, 20 starts. Okay, so that's good. This is what I'm saying. So he's had a good return. Eight goals from a winger, especially a yeah. young one in 20 starts. That's really good. So he's got goal potential. We just need to understand how Tuchel's going to use him. Um, but if in this system, because you've got 4 3 3, so you've got Reese James as because when it comes down to it in a 3 4 3, it might be that Tuchel decides, Reese James, you get in the box, you're the shooter, then Billy, you stay wide to create. Do you know what I'm saying? In that 3 4 3. I'm just speaking, man. That, that, then Billy, oh shit, man. That is, it's bringing a tear to my eye, man. Bringing a tear to my eye. But in, your, in the way you've painted it and the way you've set up, how many goals are you taking for Dembele in 30 starts? It's a tough one because mm-hmm. I've already said he's done that one in two for Ren already. Mm-hmm. And he's had seasons of one in what um, one in two or one in three for Barca. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's tough, man. I think you'll get at least eight goals for sure, but it's whether okay. or not it's, it's about how we so okay. I'm gonna say 10 goals. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna I'm gonna say 10 goals. One in three, which is decent. But yeah, that so and, no one. Yeah, and, and the thing with Dembele is oh, this, this guy, he's just such an unknown unknown quantity at times. Like, even though you've seen his qualities, like I still feel that there's so much more that he, he has to bring to the yeah, table. Yeah, he's still 24, 25, yeah. 24, 25. So he's still he's still got a lot to give. But so yeah. if we do the numbers, um, and those are 44 big, goals. Uh so it's 44 goals, which mm-hmm. Which is which is good. Uh, really, truly, the top attack should be getting around forty-five. That's mm-hmm. at the lowest, but going to around about. And I don't think that's non-penalty goals. So when you add penalties, if they're taking the penalties, that should bump up too. If if yeah, um, I, I, I've, I've checked already, don't worry. Like, I, I already checked. Like I saw, I already checked, I already compared it to Liverpool's, and I think Liverpool's was um, forty-nine goals non-pen. So yeah, but Liverpool, if Liverpool, Liverpool like hit that season in season now. Do you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. easy. But but um, just quickly, um, Jorginho is not going to be a main starter in your team, which does yeah. kind of open up the role for penalty taker. So, yeah. who would you have as a penalty taker in that team? Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't really care, man. Whoever wants to take him, man. If Reese wants to take them, <laughs> okay. but <laughs> okay. I mean, it will probably be. It will probably end up being Kai because he's the only one I can think that's I, actually. Kai's been penalty. a penalty taker. He's been a penalty taker for for. Yeah. Um, Leverkusen. Yeah. So I guess it would probably end up being him. But okay. That's that's not why I dropped Jorginho. <laughs> no, 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 I know, I know, I know. Um but it's a it's a it's a good team. I'm trying to let me see what I can fault you on from my perspective anyway. 
Um, I think the front three, the only thing that I might be able to fault you on here is it looks like to me that Gnabry might be the lead goal scorer here, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because we've seen with Salah at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the and I think Gnabry is that good that he could get those type of numbers if he yeah. was focused and on it and hungry. I just don't think he's as hungry as a seller. Um, the midfield, mm, it's interesting. The midfield, I haven't seen enough of Tonali. I've known about him from when he was at was it Russia or whatever. Russia, yeah. But I, I've just not work, watched him. I haven't watched enough about Adrian Truffer. I think Babs is just too deep into. Continental football, I can't even criticize because I haven't seen enough of half of these players. <laughs> but, um, hey, listen, man, Chelsea stressed me out so much. I, I just don't watch, do. I have to stop watching, start watching other teams, man, to get yeah. my enjoyment. What I'll say is this, is this is me bringing in my kind of philosophy. I do like the idea of having two strikers on the, on the pitch, two people that you can rely on for goals. I still think Havertz, I believe, I agree with you. I think Havertz, Dembele, and Gnabry, I think they're all pretty similar. Maybe Gnabry is the best of them, but I feel like all of them at their best, maybe one in two. Apart from Gnabry, I can see maybe Gnabry scoring more of them. Um, I think Havertz as well, great header of the ball. And obviously we've got people that can mm. cross here. Um, LA Reese, yeah. But I just feel like Havertz um, in the Premier League specifically, where people sit back a lot, um, I don't think he's been as good a goal scorer um, with his feet. Like, I, I, I like the headers, obviously. But in terms of the shooting, you know, I, I keep on saying this over and over again. Um, and we talk about Salah, who's hungry just to, like, just... I don't want to be... Like, Salah doesn't care about build-up play or whatever and coming deep. He just wants to be in the box and shoot and score. And so maybe Gnabry can be that player for us. But I'll be worried about, do we have someone that can be a golden boot chaser, that can compete with a Salah, that can compete with a Kane? Um, so that would be one red uh, red flag for me. Um, it's difficult for me again, like I said, Agent Truffer. I don't know about him. Um, for, for me, with him, he, he's more of like a he is the backup to Chua, but okay, he's but be Chua, the starter because you don't want to talk about ACL. I'm, I'm not trying to rush him back now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Chua was good, but I, I think I still think Chua isn't. I know people kind of really put him sick, but I, I like Chua. I think in general, he's got good te- striking technique, he's got good. Ball control. So he's like a hungry player as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's got the hunger. Um, but I think to be fair, you've put together a good team. It was a, it was a it was a bit easier to knock down um, Joe's team. I think <laughs> I think you put together a team that actually might stand the test of time with a lot of them, which is good. Um, okay. Any any final comments from you, Babs? Um, I guess say we we could probably talk a bit about you know the. That Chelsea need to act faster, brigade on on, on Twitter. You know, okay. You know, they, they, this has been the part two of we need X, Y, and Z um, part from um, last season. You know, mm. and it seems to be the same people. So, I just want to get your thoughts on, on, on that and why you think people are so desperate for um, signings to be just being done overnight for, throughout the thing. Because I look at it like Arsenal. You know, just a couple of days ago, they were complaining about, mm. oh, you know, Arsenal doesn't seem like we get signings done when nobody knows and. Just today, you know, they just got it's got a signing through the window, and now they're excited again. So yeah, I, I don't see, I don't understand why Chelsea fans are so Cause, worried because fans just want something to be excited about, and I get, I get, but for me, maybe because I'm a bit older, I don't know what I don't, I don't even think I was like this when I was younger. To be fair, but I don't know, I just the delayed gratification is that we're talking about. 
I think sometimes people just want things now. Do you know what I'm saying? And that I just look at it myself and I don't go back and think, oh, if only we signed this player earlier. Or you know, you know, this reminds me of Dan. Yeah, wow. I feel like a lot of a lot of guys on 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 Chelsea Twitter, you know, they're they're moving a bit like a consumer. Like if, for the guys who know, oh. they, they, know they, they they want that quick, quick signing straight to the point. You know, yeah. that's that's what they're 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 just, they're just there for the kill, man. Yeah, yeah, I, and to be fair, it's like what you said with the Arsenal fans and Man United the fans complaining. I think fans just like to complain as well. They're desperate, like Chelsea fans are desperate for success. Um, like you said it earlier, third and fourth, you're tired of finishing third and fourth. And basically, they just want to see the changes that are made. And obviously, the earlier they come, the more settled that they are. And I think it's just the nervousness of, are we going to improve as a team or are we going to end up with another dead, you know, basically another time we'll be going to the season thinking, actually, we can't win because the squad isn't good enough. So I get all of those concerns and people saying, oh, you're a part of the problem because you, you, you're you saying that Chelsea aren't acting fast enough. Look, until the window's closed, it's difficult for me to judge Chelsea because I'd rather get the better player on the last day of the window rather than the worst player earlier. Oh, I don't know about that, Dan, this season. What do you mean? I don't know about that. What do you mean? Because the season, remember, the season starts a lot earlier this season. It starts a lot earlier. And I don't know if you I want to I wait. Don't, I, don't, I don't care. Well, I, I would rather have a good player than a bad player. Lukaku took us mm. backwards. Do you know what I'm saying? So I would yeah. rather have the better player um, at, on the last day of the window. Not say, not necessarily saying that you have to get better players on the last day of the window, but this is me saying that I don't care about the quickness of it. And I, I know, obviously, the better... Um, if we get a player before the season starts, it's good, but it's just... That's fa- like fairy tale. I'm, I'm not saying that it's impossible to get the player before the season, but we know that mm. actually... We have to negotiate with another party, and sometimes yeah, for sure, for sure. So, other people. So Dan, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. So, yeah. what do you say to the fans that say, "Oh, but you know, we we've we've had all this time, you know, throughout the end of the season and the beginning of the transfer window, to, you know, find players and negotiate." So, what what do, what do you say to those fans? Number one, I I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe you do, and you've got your ITKs, etc. Um, but obviously, we even with the sanctions. Like I was when people were saying, "Oh, we've got sanctions, we can't do any movements." I was like, "This is Chelsea. Do you know what I'm saying? We can't just stop as a club. They're gonna have to start doing some movements. There's only so much you can do. There's only so far you can go." With Rudiger, um, I know Rudiger's refuted this himself, but um, Tuchel was saying that we're gonna probably be late in some transfers and we're gonna lose out on some players because we can't actually do anything with these sanctions. So even though you can start making movements, put things in place, when it comes down to it, there's going to be a, a wall that you're going to hit. But I think even beyond all of that, if you don't know what's going on, it's difficult. So like with this kind of Kunde thing where it came out like got an injury. Now, I don't, I don't think it's slowed it down the transfer at all, but like maybe there, there's something that's coming up. This player's injured or maybe the selling club has changed the transfer fee. There's, there's a number of things that can be coming up and these people are like, why don't you get this done? Why don't you get this done? It's like, just chill. When it comes down to it, at the end of the season, they've, they've got this whole time to buy the players. So at the end of the transfer window, that is when I look at uh, um, the work done saying, okay, cool, let me judge it. But before then, it's just difficult because like you said, one minute Arsenal fans are complaining, next minute, oh yeah, excitement, excitement, excitement. And I get people are just emotional and people want to complain about some things. So I personally think it's just people being a little bit spoiled, a little bit emotional. 
Yeah, I definitely, definitely agree with you there, man. I do get some of their concerns. You know, I, I do get some of their concerns, but... Yeah, I feel like what what I think we, we spoke about the group chat. I feel fans do this for themselves. You know, they hold on to every single last piece of news mm. that they just work themselves up. They want to find Obviously, out. I guess the heat is not hoping either. You know, because yeah. people, the heads are getting hot. But, but this is you know? what I'm so, saying. Boy. They want to they want to go to the ITKs to find out who we're linked to early. Mm-hmm. early, and then yeah. and now you get you it found, early. Yeah, now you find out earlier. Obviously, you're gonna have to wait mm. longer until it's been done. I've got the perfect analogy done. Yeah, you're the perfect. You know when you were a kid, yeah, and it was coming around to Christmas, Christmas. And you started looking around the house for the presents, you know, yeah. and you found it early. You know, you, you found yeah. the present December first. I think oh, oh, now I've got to wait. Yeah, just just, just be patient, man. Be patient, man. Enjoy the ride. And and no one's saying patience means that you're gonna get that they're gonna do good work, but it makes more sense to judge because to be fair, it might be a better analogy to say that. This kid is looking around for the presents, but they can't find the presents. So they're assuming that the present hasn't been bought. Mm, there's nothing, yes. Right. I feel like, I, but it's like, then Christmas Day comes out. Oh, the present's there all along. Do you know what I'm saying? So I feel like with Chelsea fans, uh, I, I, I think, to be fair, I'm, I'm going to be crude and just say a lot of you need to be a bit more mature. Like, you're a bit old. I, I, I definitely agree, man. You're, you're a I bit old for this shit, you know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> for real. But, um... But then we all like to complain. It's part of the job as a fan. We all like to complain. But um, for me... We worry about it. Yeah. But for me, I'm just... I'm waiting to see um, what they do. And again, I just... It's a bit It's a bit more real. Like, this is real life. So it's not just, oh, Chelsea put down money and therefore the player comes. Because when it comes down to it, there is a budget, right? And Babs, if, you're, if you've got something that you, you know I want, right? You're going to try yeah. and get as much money as much money as possible for me as possible, right? And so, if you're saying, if I'm saying, okay, Babs, I'll give you fifty pounds for this, but you know, actually, we can continue negotiating. Mm. Like, if, if you offer it to me in the first without me even offering that, I'm thinking, hmm, why do you want this so much? Right? I, I, everybody knows, and you, they can see from the fans, they're desperate for it. The, the fans are desperate for this signing, so you're not helping by being so desperate as well. Because the severe fans is like, yeah, they better go, otherwise the fans are going to be crazy, right? And so, when it comes down to it. Sophia are thinking, okay, cool. Um, they want to buy him for 50 million. We want 70. So essentially what you're saying, for Chelsea to get that done straight away, Chelsea would need to pay the 70 million. But we've got a budget, right? So now you're saying, oh, but we need to do all this other work. Well, if you was in charge and if you was to get this done early, then we'd have less money, right? So I just feel like, but then again, that's right now because there's no ticking time clock. Towards the end of the window, Sophia know that actually we need to get this deal done. Because if we don't get this deal done, then Kunde's still going to be here. He's going to be unhappy to be here for another season. And so now Sophia have to be a bit more open. Like, okay, cool. We did say 70, but actually we'll be happy to do 55, right? So that's the dynamics. And that's why you always see deals. Everyone's like, why did they wait till last minute? Well, it's easy to get things done because there's more kind of uh, ambition from all parties to get the deal done before the deadline crosses. Whereas way before then, people are going to be kind of like, you know, the back and forth of negotiations. So all I'm saying for me personally, I don't know what's going on. So I don't overreact. Um, you want to get emotional, overreact. That's you. Obviously, you, you like that emotion, that emotional roller coaster. A lot of people say they can't stand the transfer uh, window. I'm fine with it. But I think one of the things, one of the reasons why I think I'm fine with it is because I don't get upset like other people do when I don't hear that Chelsea have signed a player after 10 days. I'm, I'm copacetic. Um, and I guess that that's the difference. 
Yeah, same. I, I don't know. I, I, for me, the reason I don't like it is because of the, the... The reason I don't like it is the fans, if anything, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I get. But then I, I don't let them stress me. I don't let them stress me. But to yeah. be fair, what, what, what will stress me is if we sign a shit player. So, like, for mm. me, part of it is not signing players because some of those players we sign, I'm like, oh, that's... That's someone we're gonna to have to loan to Inter Milan for three years. <laughs> that's another. That's another person we're gonna to have to loan oh, next season. Um, but yeah, any other questions you wanna uh, go over before we close? Mm, I guess Chelsea aside, what 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 are your what are you looking forward to this season? You know, Chelsea aside, um, I'm looking forward to Newcastle and what they're gonna be doing. I like the fact that a lot of people try to have this stage plan for Newcastle first. Just compete. Mm, they have to do this in then, this time period. And next season, compete with Everton, and then maybe yeah. when we've got some time, or when we've got some time to win some cups, then maybe you can start at Clamancy. Yeah, just it doesn't work like that, man. It doesn't work like, that, and they shouldn't work like. That, and I'm glad that they're not. And to be fair, some of the players have been linked to them. Like mm, that's a bit like that kind of phase, kind of plan thing. But they've been aggressive. I like Ekitike, um, mm. and it seems like they might be getting through. He's someone that I would have bought for Chelsea. Especially, apparently he's not. Apparently he actually doesn't want to go. Uh, so I've heard that's, I've that's heard, the alleged thing. Yeah, so I've heard a little bit back and forth. Apparently that agent agreed without him, and so there's a little bit. Apparently he wants to go to Dortmund, but if he was to come in again, um, Ekitike and Alonso Maximan, and they're linked with Paqueta too, and they've got Bruno Guimaraes, and they're linked with uh, Lodi, and so I like what I'm hearing about Newcastle. I like competition. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm hearing. I'm hearing um, Perez come out talking about, oh, we need La Liga to be better. And, like, they'll be dying for, like, the competition that we have in the Premier League next season. They'll die for it, man. With a manager like Conte, who's not here to, to participate. Tuchel's not here mm-hmm. to participate. Klopp, again, he lost out last day, so he's going to be hungry. Pep, who, listen, like, Klopp has Klopp has kept him sharp. That, guy, that guy's, that, that Pep guy, this guy's evil, man. Like, he's evil. <laughs> Fam, this, this guy's only not won the league twice in his but whole career. Not, but I love, like, I think he's a, like me in terms of the way he kind of, a lot of the time when I compliment people, don't take it as a compliment sometimes. I'm just, I'm, I'm throwing shade. <laughs> I'm throwing shade with a smiley face. And Pep stole that from me because I was like one of the first with that kind of style. But so mm, I'm so I, happy. Yeah, I'm so happy. What do you believe? So uh, the competition for the league is very interesting. With Manchester United, again, it's an interesting project new manager, going to completely change the style, going to bring in maybe Anthony as well. Um, and so it'll be good to see Anthony and maybe Sancho either wing to see what it does. Linked with Ziyech as well, by the way. So if you want to take him, I'd be my really? They Yeah, just one link. I've just seen one. So it's not oh. a link, just one link. But the Man United project is interesting to see what ETH, because I feel like this one, um, a very unknown entity, so he's a very unknown entity, so that'll be interesting too. Um, but then also, I just feel like the Premier League, you don't just have to look at the top of the table anymore, even the middle part of the table, Crystal Palace, um, Wolves. I enjoy watching so many different teams in the Premier League, and yeah. I feel like with there's so much money as well, it's not just the top of the table teams that are going to bring, be bringing in interesting players, it's also yeah, going to be the really seen Aston Villa bringing them Kamara, who a lot of them top teams were linked to. I haven't seen Kamara, but when when I looked yeah. at the YouTube, I wasn't impressed. <laughs> Leave, bro, I I this guy, I, I was not, I was not having it, man. I saw a lot of people won him, but not not for me. But I, I did see a lot of top teams were. What about a lot of top teams were linked? What about? I'm, I I don't want this guy, man. Keep him away from my club. 
Even though I was so cool. Hey, listen. The thing is with, this is the thing uh, for me, I don't like to go either way. So when I don't know a player, I don't like to write them off, but I don't like the hype either. Now, that's, that's my, I don't like the hype, man. Like, you, know the, you, know, you know the funniest thing is, Dan, yeah? You know mm. the funniest thing is, yeah? When I first I first saw him, right, I think it was like two years ago, and yeah. I was liking him. But do you know who else I saw at the same time? Who? Do you know who else I saw? Timo Werner. That's who else I saw. You know, was you liking Werner back then? The thing with the thing I like about Werner was just honest, the goal threat, man. Be honest. I just like the goal threat. I, I just like the goal threat. That, 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 that was what? actually it. For me, Werner. the goals. Werner, so Dr... What do you call Dr. Leroy again? You've got a name Dr. for Dr. Locomotion. Dr. Locomotion. <laughs> so at the time, I was saying Haaland. And then he was like, oh, yeah, but look at Werner as well. He's scoring similar. I was like, no, Haaland. And he was like, Werner. The thing is, I've seen things. Werner's been around for a long time. And I've just always not been impressed by Werner. Yeah. I've just he always... That one season where it, it, it was above what you normally do. I'm not even running. just talking about goals. I just, I always like, I always look at the overall player. And I just, I remember seeing him for Germany thinking, I don't like this player. And then the goals obviously started to come. And then I was impressed by Haaland. The locomotion was saying Werner too. Um, he obviously likes to keep this kind of on the, on the hush. But, but um, with, with the Werner thing, yeah, this is what I'm saying. Goals are such a catfish. And with Nkunku... Bigly. Massively. I don't think Nkunku's even that... I think he's a decent player, but... But yeah, so this I just don't want him, man. With Nkunku, it's not like... I remember I thought Werner was an ISO when I saw him, um, but he was playing the wing and he was a striker. But at the time when I saw him, he was playing the wing and I thought he was an ISO. But when Kunku, he doesn't look like an ISO, but at the same time, this is what I say for attackers. It should be where it's like, okay, cool. If this player isn't going to score goals, because at Chelsea, we've seen it enough, these players that score goals and then come to Chelsea, they don't score goals. So I always ask myself, if this, for whatever reason, he goes through a Torres, Werner, Morale type of thing where he's not scoring goals, Am I gonna? Am I not just not just? Are you comfortable in the ball? But are you gonna be like a still a dangerous player? Um, just in your general play, and mm. with Nkunku, I know people say assistant. I just don't think he's that good a player um, away from goals. Like he's, I'm not saying he's bad. I just don't think because Werner thought actually you're a bad player. I don't think Nkunku is bad away from goals. I just don't think he's good enough away from the goals, and he's not someone like. That's a real kind of striker profile too. So I can see him maybe... End I don't up. know what he is, man. I don't know what the hell he is. He reminds is. me of... I remember when we signed Maluda and I was really underwhelmed by Maluda. And people like Maluda. Chelsea fans <laughs> like Maluda. <laughs> I, I, liked it for, I liked it only because of... Um, uh, he was like a family... Fr- like one of a family friend knew him, innit? Oh, like, really? You always have to back it like that. But the thing is with Maluda and the same thing with Nkunku is Maluda, I never really read... Because don't forget, we came off the back of having Robben. So mm. it was so high, and then we went down to yeah, the, the expectations are high, we're, man. We're losing recipes. So with Nkunku, I just feel like I always like the idea of when we buy these players, really and truly, I'm not going to be jealous about any other attackers in Europe. Like when you get when you get like Liverpool fans had money and Salah for ages, and there's other good players out there, but they're not jealous because they've got they're not pressed, man. They're, they're not, not pressed, pressed because these guys because the, the, the rice at home is premium, cup, man. If they fill their cup, you know what I'm saying? And I just feel like some some of the signings we make, like Werner, Ziyech, Lukaku, like, you're inevitably going to look around, start looking around. Do you know what I'm saying? You're going to cheat. You're going to start looking at... You're going to do what Babs does and start watching other teams all the time because at home, is, they're not doing enough. There's not enough talent there. And so I just feel like Nkunku will be more of that, personally. Mm. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, he's one of those players about I, I, I let him sign for someone else, and I, I'll see if he's good. Then I don't, want, I, I don't want it to be here. I do like his finishing. I, I can't lie. Yeah, his finishing looks good. His finishing, his finishing looks good. Looks good. I, I, have to, I have to give him that. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, anyway, that's. I think that's enough for him to go eat. Babs, he's yeah. been a good man. Life. Coming on soon, man. So, boy, I need to get. Yo, let's Babs, go warm up. Babs, this is what I'm saying. When I said seven o'clock, you knew why. I was like, <laughs> not nine. I need to go warm up. It's a good one. All right, man. Peace. Yeah, man. All right, peace. He done it! The greatest night in the history of Chelsea Football Club! European champions! They've beaten Bayern in their own backyard! They've found the Holy Grail! After adventure, fraught with danger! And Drogba may never play for Chelsea again! He will never be forgotten! He's in hard! Sports Social Podcast Network.